Hey guys, Paul here from Melbourne Performance Coaching and the Complete Personal Trainer Podcast. So last week we went through tempo and we went through range of motion and all the different applications of that. And when I was going through that information and looking at the study that I've done in the past, I started thinking about where I got all that information from. So with the tempo stuff, it's something that was really drilled in by Charles Poliquin and Paul Check and other mentors I had in that field, in that realm of uh, strengthening, conditioning and corrective exercise. And they were very big on tempo. It was like an absolute must have. And then over a period of time, it became something where it wasn't as important from listening to other mentors and other people. And range of motion, it came about really because of the debate currently between uh, Joel Seidman and Dr. Mike Isatel of Renaissance Periodization and how Joel recommends that everyone basically do everything to 90 degree angles. And there's very little evidence su suggesting that that would be a positive for everyone to frame it as nicely as I can. So what I thought I'd talk about, because it is a really important topic, and I see a lot of people you know, agreeing with uh, some of this crazy stuff that you see on Instagram, and it seems like they don't apply critical thinking skills to this, and they don't apply critical thinking skills to other things in their training. So I even have some students who uh, message me about what do I think about this stuff, and I'm a little bit blown away because I've talked about the importance of full range of motion for multiple things, but because someone has a big Instagram following and you know the clout of having PhD behind the name and training some NFL players, uh, that information is valued quite highly. So what I thought I'd talk about is my journey in understanding and disseminating information to well, my clients and to my students and how I've gotten to where I am now. So part one is going to be about where I used to go. Part two is about learning all the things that I learned on the way that where I might have been a little bit wrong about a lot of things. And part three is going to be all about what I do right now to learn new stuff. And with that being said, I will still make a ton of mistakes. I hope to, I really do hope I make more and more mistakes. The more mistakes you know, you do, the more mistakes you make, uh, the more humility you're demonstrating, the better your opportunity for learning. So when I started off in the PT industry, I really fell hook, line and sinker for gurus. Um, charismatic, new to staff, uh, big following in the fitness industry, kind of like rock stars of the industry. And that's where I got most of my information from. And a lot of it was, it was really useful in a lot of ways. Uh, some of the, we'll discuss the pros and the cons of it. So the pros of it were they did have access to a ton of information that they were able to collate and present to us. So saving, say, younger trainers and coaches like myself, a ton of time from looking it up and actually trying to learn everything ourselves. That's one of the advantages of having a mentor. They've done things before uh, and they've learned all this information and they can share it with you. Uh, so when I learned from these gurus and the main gurus I learned from were Paul Check, Charles Poliquin and Carl Montgomery. And with that, yeah, there was a positive that they they had all that. They had all the information there and they had already looked at a bunch of stuff. Uh, a negative of that is I didn't actually critically ask, were they right or wrong? I just kind of took it on board as what they said was gospels because, hey, these guys are really successful. They must know exactly what they're talking about. So I'm not going to listen to them. I remember a debate happened a number of years ago between Paul Check and David Driscoll, who I now work with through Level Up Continuing Education and Fitwell. And I didn't go to it because... I didn't want to see, I didn't think it was worthwhile uh, use of my time 
because I thought Paul Check would just destroy him with information because Paul seemed like he was one of the smartest guys in the world. And Dave Driscoll was saying things that were antithetical to that. So he was coming at it from a much more science-based, evidence-based approach and refuting some of the things that Paul was saying, particularly in regards to core training. Now, because I had bought into it so much, I had invested so much of my personal training into it as well and then what I was doing with my clients. I was like, I'm not going to be exposed to that information. I'm not going to think about that. That guy's clearly just wrong. So that was a huge kind of mistake. Um, with Poliquin and, well, Czech and Carl, uh, they all were very much against the idea of cardiovascular training, meaning cardio is making some ridiculous statements like cardio is going to make you fat. Uh, that's not really true. Uh, like it can't be true. Like there's absolutely no truth to it whatsoever. So I would hear statements like that, which were hyperbolic, had sounded really important, sounded really smart, talking about things like, oh, your adrenals be fatigued and other absolute nonsense like that because the adrenals don't get fatigued. You can be stressed out, but you don't get adrenal fatigue. If your adrenals fail, it's called Addison's disease. It's very, very bad, but that doesn't happen very commonly. Um, I used to really listen to these things and because they would put things in such catchy type sound bites, I would take that on board very, very literally. So it sounds like I'm bagging it out a lot and I'm bagging out a little bit more with the negatives than I am with the positives. Um, the negatives about it are mainly coming from me rather than the positives which are coming from them. They were very inspirational, they were very motivational and their kind of dedication to their cause, their uh, commitment to what they believed was really inspirational. So it made me work harder to do stuff to get outcomes using those methodologies and then also understanding their methodologies. And from learning from these people who, you know, they felt they fell in the guru category, they had obviously learned a lot, done a lot. And I figured out, all right, cool, how did they get there? They they worked. So they really instilled a really good work ethic in me and really good study ethic as well. Problem was I didn't understand or disseminate the information as well as I could have because I was just studying exactly what they said rather than the sources and then things that actually contradicted that. So information that was contrary to what they said, which is really valuable to do. So if you look at things that fall outside your current beliefs and evidence, your current beliefs and biases, pardon me, not evidence, and you see evidence in the other thing, it's a really good sign that you're looking in the right direction and you're going to create a more complete understanding. So guys, that's part one. That's where I used to go. I used to really go to mentors and gurus and really grab their information and latch onto that. A lot of positives in terms of how it taught me like work ethic and to chase more in this field, but I didn't apply a critical eye to it. In the next episode, we're going to talk about different biases and also looking at the evidence hierarchy. Stay tuned for that one. I'll see you soon.